Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. Welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. Due to COVID, we are not recording in the studio and apologize for any poor audio or technical glitches. As soon as it is safe, we will have our guests with us in the studio. Until then, stay healthy and wear a mask. Welcome to the M Word. This is Jennifer Mulchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. And it's just Jennifer and I today. We are here to talk to you about putting together your year end giving campaign for our nonprofit friends. It is not too late if you are just now coming up for air to figure out how to do year end right. Absolutely, Jennifer. And you and I have lots of experience helping nonprofits kick off successful end-of-year campaigns. So we want to give you the five steps to build a successful end-of-year campaign. There is still time. Take a deep breath, pull out a piece of paper, and take some notes. Number one, set a goal. How much do you want to raise? What is realistic? What did you do last year? Can you beat that? Is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? Set a realistic goal and make sure that it's known across the organization. It's important to have goals because at the end of the day, you want to be able to say, did this work or didn't it work? And don't be afraid to put a big, bold goal out there. Even if you fall short, if you don't benchmark your marketing, then you don't know how to add more to it. Yes. Number two, define the theme for your campaign. So how are you going to differentiate yourself from all the other nonprofits that are also doing end of year campaigns? How are you going to pull on those heartstrings? What message are you trying to get out to your donors and potential donors? Why should they donate to you? I mean, what do you mean by theme? Because I think when we know what it means internally, but I could see someone who doesn't do this all the time think, well, isn't the theme gift to us because it's the end of the year? Yeah, I think I would look at what are your greatest needs right now? Um, is it food? Is it clothing? Is it um, monetary? Um, you know, your population that you serve, um, how are they hurting? Is it children? Is it students? Is it uh, adults? Like, I think finding kind of that that niche or that one topic to focus on for end of year um, helps people just keep you in mind and and really see their purpose when they're donating to you. It could also be just a fun slogan or a fun hashtag, like give more for. 22 give you know something simple but um it's catchy people remember it and they're like oh i think i'm going to give to them when i'm you know reconciling my own financials at the end of the year and then we, we move into compelling stories so the story is really the hook the story is what gets people to want to give to you and the best story is from the individuals that you serve So look at your nonprofit, who are your constituents, who are you helping day in and day out, and pick one or two people that you can tell a story about and introduce them to the donors. Yeah, I mean, this sort of goes to not focusing on what you do, but why do you do it? What is the the human impact, the human story, or the animal story if you're an animal shelter, but even that there's a human impact. If you are only asking for money to do things, but you're not helping people understand why you need to do those things, 
you're falling short. The more the story can connect your audience to your mission, the more money you're going to raise. Yeah. And Jennifer, you, I think, hit the nail on the head with the word impact. The more you can show impact to your donors, the more likely they are to give. So what does $10 do for your organization? What does $20 do? What does $200 do? That's going to help your donors know um, where their money is having the biggest influence. When you're asking for money, too, it's not enough to you know, advertise or post on social media and say, donate to us. You want to make it really easy for people to donate to you. So your call to action, it's click here to donate or go to this website or scan this QR code or send in the envelope that we've pre-stamped for you or text to donate. Come up with calls to action that are going to be appropriate for the platform where the message is showing up and be willing to have different ones for different audiences. So it's not just the same everywhere you go that you, you know, you don't want to only drive people to your website. If you're doing a direct mail piece and you're maybe hitting an older audience that's used to stroking checks, you want to make sure that you've got a return envelope in there because you'd be surprised how many people actually sit down with their checkbook at the end of the year and are just happy to write that check. So make it easy for your call to action is to donate, but make it easy and accessible. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. There are still people who write checks and that's how they're gonna donate and that's how they'll always donate. They don't trust the internet. So make sure you're reaching them. There are people who want to, you know, they're on social media, they are more than happy to click that donate button, make a quick donation, uh, but make sure it is quick and easy that there's not multiple clicks that they have to go through to to finally make that dollar amount. Um, and then there's people that already know you, so they're already going directly to your website. So make sure that the donate button is on all of your pages. It's above the fold. And again, it's easy to donate just a few clicks and a few boxes of information. You know, our our, our fifth tip, if you will, is to say thank you. And one of the, an experience that I actually had with one of the nonprofits that I'm very close with is, you know, we did a big push around Thanksgiving time one year. And then the thank you needs to come quick and furious after the, the give. And it set us up in a way so that we can come back at year end and ask those same people for more. And this goes to the fact that thank you isn't just polite thing that you need to do or, you know, it's not just etiquette, but it's really part of the, you know, people in fundraising and talk about donor stewardship, which is keeping your donors part of your communication realm year round. But the thank you is really the first opportunity to draw them in. And so your thank you needs to be thought through in a way like a, just as an important communication tool as the initial ask, because you don't want this to be a one-off uh, transaction. You don't want it to be, thanks for donating, have a good rest of your life. You want that thank you to be a door that opens the, for ongoing relationship, to invite them in, to get your email marketing or to, to consider volunteerism or, you know, read an, an extra impact story. You know, you're now, thank you for donating. Now read the story of X, Y, and Z that your donation made possible. Bring them along further in that story journey that you may have used to 
solicit the donation up front, your thank you then can be part two of that or part three of that. Use the thank you to build that relationship with the donor and not close the door. I love that. I also have seen some successful end of year campaigns ending with videos of the staff saying thank you, videos of the executive team or the board members. Like like you said, like this is just the beginning of a great relationship. So introduce the donors to the staff, the board members, the executive team, maybe even some of the people that these nonprofits are helping and let people then take the next step. Maybe the next step is volunteering or becoming a monthly donor. Um, again, end of year campaigns are really that segue to start building out your donor base and taking people who maybe just donated once every you know, few months for a Facebook fundraiser to a monthly donor or turning them into a volunteer or something more. Jennifer, one thing we didn't talk about was Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday was started as a campaign for nonprofits to you know, we've got Black Friday, we've got, which is the day after Thanksgiving, we have Cyber Monday, which, you know, back in the day when that was a big deal. Uh, and Giving Tuesday was, okay, now that you've done your, your retailing and your shopping, now you can give back. Um, and so it's, it's grown to be a national day of giving. There's a lot of understanding about what it really means. Nonprofits are latching onto this what really helps nonprofits be successful with, uh, you know, sort of that day of digital giving is trying to tie that ask to something that might be even offline. So it's COVID aside, can you have an in-person event that day? Can you rally volunteers um, to bring awareness to your cause um, and still be driving the ask online for a single day of, of giving? But um, creating an offline event as well as having a discrete thing you're asking for. And this sort of goes to, you know, Heather, your point of the theme. If Giving Tuesday is for a specific goal, I remember years back, um, one of the organizations we work with, you know, needed a new van. And so they made Giving Tuesday all about help us secure this van. And so it makes it very easy for people to buy into the goal of that give and to feel like they're actually going to accomplish something specific. And so having something for your Giving Tuesday that's easy to talk about, which sometimes communicating your entire mission to the world can be a little complicated. Whereas these discrete days, if it can be super digestible, it can be very successful. Yeah, I love picking just that one thing that they can help create or accomplish in the 24 hours of Giving Tuesday. How do you do it? Like, how do you get from what's in your head to a campaign that shows up on the computer? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, again, I think it's looking at your internal resources, who can be a part of this campaign, if you will, um, setting that deadline. Um, and who's on this Who's on this planning committee? Usually it starts with the development team. You may or may not have a marketing team, but maybe coming together and talking about what is that goal for donations. Um, and then looking to the marketing team saying, okay, so what's our theme? What? How are we gonna hook people in? How are we gonna get them to notice us and then make that donation. So I think it's really finding that point person, putting the team together, and then building out those steps that we just talked about, setting the goal, the theme for the campaign, coming up with your stories, clear call to action, and then coming up with that thank you, um, whether it be a video or posts or a letter, all three, 
um, but kind of just building off from those five steps. And it doesn't have to be huge, Jennifer. I think it can be, you know, if this is your first time really doing an official end of, or yeah, end of year campaign, uh, start small, you know, 5,000, 10,000, but put something together, put it in action and get it to the finish line. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the context makes this so, so important is the data show that 31% of annual giving occurs in December. 12% of all giving happens in the last three days of the year. So, you know, to the question, is this really necessary? It's it's a hell to the yeah, right? Absolutely. So the other thing I think that's curious to talk about, and we get a lot of questions from our clients about is, do we really have to do direct mail? How does that fit in? Are, are we all in a digital world now? Or uh, do I have to spend money to print and mail? I say yes. Um, I There are, you know, look at your audience and your customers. You are always going to have that sliver of people who are writing checks and are still opening their mail, they're reading it, and that's how they're gonna donate. They are not gonna go online and put in their credit card information. So yes, I think direct mail is still alive. I think it still works. Um, you know, especially I still get direct mail from organizations that I know and I open it. Now I'm more apt to go directly to the website and make my donation that way because it's easier for me. I don't write checks anymore but that letter propels me to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think it works both ways. And it's also an entree to a story. And it's, you can actually connect the offline to the online. You can have a letter that starts the story and it's like, you know, scan this QR code to get the ending or read the, uh, read the rest of this on our blog or you can invite people that way. But there is something kind of quaint about getting direct mail, particularly if it could be designed and delivered in a way that doesn't look like just that business mail that mm -hmm. it's so obvious, it's just not personal and it's junk, uh, that people will open it. But, you know, another way to, to make it work is to engage your volunteers or your board and use, use your lists, use your data and hand address some of those envelopes put notes on them that are that are personalized it yeah. make make them aware that someone thought of them specifically for this ask as opposed to just dear supporter yeah and i think especially those really um, large donors that you've had a relationship for a long time absolutely make sure that someone is writing a personal note to them whoever their point of contact is or whoever started the relationship they should be you know writing dear Elizabeth, Jane, whoever it is, and then putting a little note. So great to see you at the banquet last year. Um, can't wait to get to connect again in the new year. But putting that personal touch goes a long way. I still like to get handwritten cards. So think about it that way. Like, how can you make it personal um, and how can you make them take action? Another thing I've seen that, it you know, time is always is the big crux here, but can you use your year-end ask to also do a bit of a year-end review? Can you talk about sort of what has been accomplished this year and what's left to accomplish going into the year and why their donation is so needed? So that's sort of that use of compelling stories tip. But 
you know, it's another angle as opposed to if you don't have a singular, uh, you know, case study, if you will, at the ready or personal story to tell, can you can you amass your your data from the year that you 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 helped X many people or you've improved X, Y, Z, like whatever types of summary data that can become your theme too. It could be your your donation has an impact. See real numbers. Um, and that could be a good story to use. But the question I had for you, Heather, is goes to sort of frequency of the ask. You know, it's how many times can someone get the direct mail or the Facebook post or the email marketing or the, you know, whatever it is, what, what's the right cadence to not alienate your audience? Yeah, we get that a lot. How much is too much? And how many emails should I send? And how many Facebook posts should I be putting up? I mean, I think you really have to look at historically what you've done in the past um, to determine what your audience can handle. Um, you, you know, you don't want to spam them with multiple Facebook posts in a day. I think that there's a healthy cadence of, you know, maybe it's once a day for the last three weeks of December where you're reminding them of the impact, you're reminding them of the mission, um, you're introducing them to these impactful stories of people that they're supporting by donating to your organization. Um, as far as email, I mean, we all get so much email all the time. So there's got to be this healthy cadence and balance. I don't think that once a week is too much. Um, when do you start that? Again, it's like I would look at your goal. What can your audience handle? How much do you email the rest of the year? I mean, if you're very ad hoc, they never hear from you, but now all of a sudden they are, I would ease into it. Uh, but if you have a very structured email marketing campaign where they are hearing from you once a month, twice a month, then once a week might be doable for them. It might be digestible. So I think you really have to look at what you have been doing as a whole throughout the year and then gauge that accordingly. Um, and these don't have to be really long emails. It's just that touch point. I've also seen a lot of great success, Jennifer, with drip campaigns. So for those that open an email, they might get something different from those that don't. And so then they, you know, these messages or these um, email recipients feed into a bucket and then it feels a little bit more personal. Like, hey, I saw you didn't see this. Just wanted to make sure you didn't miss all these cool things that are happening or thanks so much for your interest. Perhaps you'd be interested in this as well. So it, it just makes you look like you're paying a little bit more closer attention to your message. That's right. I, and I think it kind of goes to the greater question and issue of, you know, how are you doing your marketing? How are you doing your fundraising year round? How are you communicating? How are you doing that donor stewardship? Um, you know, you don't want to only think about your donors the last couple months of the year, you need to be thinking about them year round. But again, it's not too late. If, you, if you're just getting started now, it's not too late. And then hopefully the, these ideas, the structure, this idea of planning can be used going into the new year for your upcoming campaigns. I mean, even though year end is your, is your nonprofit's most successful, usually your nonprofit's most successful fundraising time for individual donors, it's when, it's when people give, um, but you are doing fundraising the rest of the year. And how can you, for 2022, build a cadence 
and build campaigns that might build on one another so that next year's end of year giving campaign is the culmination of something that you're starting this year. So, you know, wherever you are in the journey getting started, it, it's, it's better than not starting until next year. I agree, Jennifer. And one thing that you said that um, triggered another thought was make sure that you have an end of year wrap up meeting so that after your campaign has been executed, you know, you're in January, you're counting your donations, have that meeting talking about roses and thorns. What worked? What didn't? What can you do differently for next year? And when do you want to start planning your end of year campaign in the new year? You know, maybe next year is the year you start in October. You started in November this year, but next year you're going to move it up a month. You know, always be proactive in that and really looking at at what worked and then do it again in the next year. That's right. That's great advice. And Jennifer, we also wrote a great blog to accompany this called Five Steps to Build a Successful End of Year Campaign. So we'll link that in our show notes, but take read that. And if you have any questions or need any suggestions on how to get started, we are always here. You can find us online at arlingtonstrategy.com or any of our social media channels. We would love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear if you have already done a successful campaign in the past. What did you do? What what worked? Um, let us know about that. We'd love to hear from you. And tag us in your campaign online. We'd love to help amplify what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and we love to share all the all the good work that nonprofits are doing. So tag us at Arlington Strategy or at Arl Strategy, depending on the platform, and we can help give you a little more oomph. Absolutely. We want to thank all of you for listening again to the M Word. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. We would love your thoughts, your comments, and your support. And we will see you again next time. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll come back. Subscribe to The M Word wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more uncensored conversations, visit the M Word page at arlingtonstrategy.com.